Uh, there we go. It is. What's up, dude? Welcome back to the Path of Curiosity. Oh, man, I'm feeling curious today. Yeah, me too, man. We uh, It's been a couple of weeks since you and I have talked, so we were just catching up before we pressed record. But um, this, oh, yeah. this episode is all about Pat and huh. experience. So um, take it away. Dude, tell, tell about the summit that you were at. Let's okay. just go into it right away. So we'll, we'll start there. Perfect then. Um, so I was just, I'm a part of a group. It's called fit for service fellowship. So, um, or the fit for service basically. So there's an Academy, there's a fellowship. Um, the fellowship is kind of the more in-depth, uh, program that they offer. So Aubrey Marcus is the one who started this, uh, I think three years ago. Uh, and it kind of basically started as him just wanting to grow his tribe and grow people, help people grow in the sense um, spiritually, personally, so that there can be more people in this world that can be of service and be of service in a good way. So it's, it's continued to grow and grow. And now, you know, the, the summit that I was just at or the summit that I'm a part of, there's about 140 people that are a part of this group. Not everybody came to the summit. I think maybe around 100 people did, but there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, and it's him. He's one of the coaches in the group. And then there's a guy named Eric Godsey, who's another coach, Kyle Kingsbury, and Caitlin Howe. Um, and they're all fantastic, all of them. And it's really, it's like, one of the things that we talked about at the summit is like, how do you describe what this is? Because it is hard to describe, like I've had to describe it to people and I feel like almost like a crazy person describing it because it's like, it's a group that the sole purpose is to ascend to your highest level. That's the best way I can describe it. And you do that through doing deep work. And I hate to throw these, t- like doing the work and all these other like terminology things, but like they help you go through and realize some of the traumas that you had and it's not like in a psychological way. It's just in a very broad sense that it's expanding your thought processes of like, wait a second, maybe there is something there that's driving me right now that I don't want it to be driving. And so we, there's so many different topics that are talked about, but it's it's, in a sense, it's all there to help you understand yourself better so that you can start to be the best version of yourself and there's spirituality involved there's psychology involved you know there's um different archetypes mm. masculine feminine energies you name it it's the gauntlet of it there's discussions on science and science-based psychology and then there's the discussions that are on the full spiritual side that science cannot explain but we all felt yeah Felt yeah. it, know it, it's there, it's undeniable. 
but it can't be explained by science. And it goes through, it's, it's all of it. So the fit for service group, it, it's a place, it is a safe place that you can go and you can be as vulnerable as you need to be to grow, to heal, and then to learn. Mm-hmm. And the coaches are powerful. The coaches are, are extremely intelligent. Their memory on the books they read and the authors is crazy to me. Um, but I'm always impressed by people that are like, oh, this read this book. I'm like, people ask me, well, what's the best book you read? I'm like, I don't even remember what books I've read. I just take the concepts and try and apply them. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, dude, after being in this group, I have like a library. I probably literally have 50 different books that have been recommended. And every time somebody recommends a book, they remember the author and they can tell you about the book. And it's so impressive to me. Kyle Kingsbury is one of those guys. Um, And Aubrey too, that have this recall. That's just beyond impressive. Do you think that, so in not, I mean, this is on my own curiosity here. In Aubrey's case with that, a lot of times the books he reads, he gets to interview those people. Yeah. I think that that has something to do with the recall because like the more I can read something in the book right to my left here. And if I didn't talk to you about it, I'd be like, I don't remember anything. But if you and I have a conversation about it, I'll be like, that was from that book. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. It's like another practice, another layer of, of, of memorization and application, I guess. Right. We learn an application, but. Totally, dude. And that was that was exactly why we wanted to start this podcast, you and I, because we want to, you know, have this type of recall and we learn through conversation. So, you know, we haven't gotten to the point to where we're discussing books yet, but I know that's something both you and I are interested in doing. Hundred percent, yeah. So when we do, you know, we're going to be able to have the same recall, but you're right. It's because we're not having those discussions. And so we it's like so much harder. But when I see people be able to do that, I think it's super impressive. But you're right. It's it's because they have a weekly podcast and they're reading, you know, not a book a week, but maybe a book a week and having the conversations around it. And It's like they hacked, hacked a system. I always said about like uh, Rogan where I'm like, man, the guy totally beat the system. He he sits there and gets to meet and, and, and converse with anybody he wants to at this point, anybody he wants to. But he also gets to learn and get paid for doing it and always smoking some weed and, and drinking some, you know, liquor or something like that while he's doing it. I'm like, tell me this. Tell me he didn't beat the system. He, he's literally doing all these things he wants to do. You know, I don't know. It, it's it's oh, impressive in a lot of ways because they're just in such a pursuit of education and like say what you will about any one of them. I, I mean, they don't have to jive with you. Uh, what they've created is is nothing short of incredible in, in like the more I'm learning about, you know, leadership, I'm reading a book right now uh, about leadership and um, it's, it's the 21 um, laws of irrefutable laws of leadership, right? With John C. Maxwell. And it's talking about, dude, you don't have leadership. You don't have influence. Mm. Right. So it's not about your knowledge. It's about who can you influence? Who's willing to trust you to follow who, yeah. what your care and, and trust is built on your character and your credibility right and you know so there's there's things but like they have a hierarchy and it's Mm. pretty impressive you start throwing some of those numbers down not that it's all about the numbers because i mean you can have significant experience from an intellectual side of things like if there's three people there would have been great i'm sure but there's something like that is really powerful because 
you get enough people in the same place working towards a common goal that fits them in their own ways. You talk about the things that science can't really explain. That energy force is, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's huge. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The, the, when you get, so like, not only, you know, are the coaches powerful in that sense of their energy, but this group of people that came together, I've never felt or experienced anything like the feeling of this group together. It was mind blowing how how powerful the experience was when getting everybody together. It's, um, I want to ask questions. There's, I want to, I want you to kind of detail what it was like, right? What were like some of the things that stood out to you, but some of the videos I've seen of it, I was so triggered into my own insecurities just from the videos. Mm. And, um, you know, you, I, I don't know if I shared it in our recorded conversations, but you know that I show like body image and, and I'm now at 32 starting to recognize, although I've, I've known it for a little bit now, or it's always been a thing for me. I'm starting to understand just how powerful that label has been in my life and keeping me from doing things and being seen and all these things, right? Business, relationships, whatever. And watching the videos, just watching them in the clothing or lack thereof that was worn, I was like, oh, oh, oh. couldn't do that. That was my first instinct. Like, don't want to do that. That seems uncomfortable. I'm like, that's exactly why you go to that because no one's even fucking paying attention to any aspect of what you're actually worried about right now. That's great. They're all feeling similar things about whether it's that thing or something different label. Yeah. <laughs> like we all have these triggers, but I was laughing because I'm just watching the video going like, I can feel my body getting like real small. And I'm like, Oh God, that thing would rip me the fuck open. Yeah. You know, it does too. Like, doesn't even matter what your body looks like, even if you think it looks good. Like, everybody struggles with body image. I think personally, I um, except for Kyle Kingsbury, he's the only person who I think might not struggle with body image. Interesting. Why do you think? This? Why do you? Why do that? I think? Because he is like a freaking statue from Greece. That's fair. <laughs> the dude is fucking. I don't even care. Like I'll, I'll talk about him all day. Cause he is like, I think he's 40. He's got like 3% body fat. He's probably like six, five or six, six. And if you're bigger than that, Kyle, and you ever listen to this, I'm sorry if I fucking shortchanged you. If I'm emasculating you by that. <laughs> he can, he cannot be emasculated. <clears throat> he is a true alpha male in every sense. <clears throat> and I don't think there's a, I mean, yeah, he's he's a he's a fucking alpha to the extreme, and not in a bad way. He's he's certainly a guy that I look up to um, in the way that he's living his life and has you know decided to to continue to live his life, and then the father that he's been. But yeah, I mean that's a little random there. But so, are you talking about like the tribe photos, like the day that we were all? Yeah, yeah. So that was badass, dude. So how long was are, how long was the experience? It was five days. Okay. So it's a significant amount of time. Yeah, it was a long, it was, a, it was a long time, but it was 
amazing. Um, I mean, we did, we did ecstatic dances. We did the tribe day. We had poetry that ripped you open and you could share your poems if you wanted. Um, there was a lot of healing that happened. There was a lot of sadness that got brought out and there was a lot of healing that happened and the group is there to support you. And it's the most magical thing to be held up by, you know, 30, 40 other people and to be held in a safe environment and to feel that you can, you can truly, you feel like you can ultimately truly be a hundred percent yourself. Your walls come down. You see sides of you that you didn't before. You see sides of people that they never saw in themselves and you get to see the revelations that they had, which are the same revelations that you had. It's, it's like you're out of the matrix and you're in the real world in this group. The amount of love you feel is the love that we should feel as humans all the time but we've lost our way. We don't have love in the truest sense of the word. So it's really interesting. Um, and it's really easy to get kind of like sidetracked with it, but the growth that happens of getting outside your comfort zone and truly getting outside your comfort zone with what they designed for this experience. And so to preface all this, there's three semesters a year the first one at the beginning of the year was the uh, Divine Feminine, which I did not attend. And the one that I did attend, which is currently going on, is the Divine Masculine. So the first one goes over like healthy and unhealthy uh, feminine energies and, and qualities and how that, you know, men and women, how we embody, we, we all embody both, how we can embody them in a healthy way and use them to our benefit. And then this one was masculine mm -hmm. and that was what you know this tribe day was all about of getting back to this more primal feeling of competition and it got a lot of people outside of their comfort zone not just with the costumes but with the actual competition and people had huge breakthroughs because of it and one of them was the dance competition. Like there was a dance competition where it was like a dance off. So like my tribe would call out your tribe. I'd be like, dance competition. <laughs> and, which wasn't what I did, which would have terrified me, by the way. Um, and then the other tribe gets to pick who they get to put in the competition. You know, so like it's not calling out person to person like one tribe calls out another tribe and then they get to decide they send their best man forward type thing. Yep. For whatever the competition is. So I, I saw what you got picked for. Yeah, I got picked. I had to do the uh, mace hold. So do you feel like, all right, let me, I'm going to try and dive. I'm this, I'm asking how selfish. I don't even care. You can tell your story however you want, but uh, oh, so you got you called out for the mace competition. Was that you volunteering to do it? Or was that everybody looking at Pat and going like, you're the guy doing this pretty much both pretty much both. So like, uh, well, okay. Let me ask this before you go into that. Cause I want to compare it to, let's say the dance competition. Yeah. Did you shot, did you like hide behind people 
or were there other people stand, like like volunteering going like I'll do it so you didn't have to like have this um resistance or this like fear of like I don't want to be doing that yeah basically so like because there was physical and non-physical competitions like and this is this is where things can get uncomfortable for people that are too PC like this is the real fucking world and people are built differently. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I wasn't, I was definitely in my group earmarked for wrestling or mace hold. So if there was another guy who was of similar build, you know, and they called our team out for wrestling, I would go in and do wrestling. If that was what it was or mace hold, you know, et cetera. But like for the dance competition, because it could be a guy or a girl, same with the mace hold. Wrestling had to be same sex. And yes, we only had two genders. Even though we did have transgender people there, we still had two genders. Interesting. So male versus male, female versus female. Um, and so that's kind of the way that it would go, you know? So like there were certain people that were better at dancing than others. Like example, our team leader was, Vilana Marcus, and she's a freaking bomb dancer. She used to be a competitive Tahitian dancer. And so when we had dance, like she went in there and danced, you know, and crushed it. So that was kind of the way it went. And for the mace hold, we got, our team got called out because I would have preferred to be the team. Like when it was our turn to, I was going to call out a different team because a couple of their other guys that would have had to wrestle me had already went. And so the other so two or three guys, yeah, the other two or three guys that were left, I was like, yeah, I want to wrestle any one of those guys. <laughs> and so I was going to call them out, but they got, they got to call out first and they called out for Mace Hold and they called our tribe out. And it was, I was the best suited for that competition. So I went in there and I got, and I, and I lost could see that yeah i lost it was a battle dude it was so the mace competition for men it was 10 pound in each hands 10 pound maces and you have to hold them from the bottom so they're you know upright and then for women it was five pounds and um her name is bonnie yeah yeah power lifter isn't that matt vincent's um yeah yeah matt vincent was the host Vincent's a cool ass dude too huh Super cool, dude. <laughs> Vincent's good people. <laughs> He's a fucking dope guy. And yeah. so, is, I mean, everybody there was, but Matt, he was the announcer. He was like our, our host ringleader. And yeah. he did such a good job. Uh, he, he, talked, made, he, he talked about the experience of like, just being in that place of it, being just transformative for him too, where it was just like, man, I, I, He's a cool dude. I don't really, I don't know him personally, but he's been around some of the like places I, I've shared space with. And, mm. uh, Nobody says a bad word about him. He's a super good dude. So nobody should because he's, he's like a genuine kind hearted person and every, you know, there's a hundred people there and some people you meet, you're like, "Mm, I'm not, and then, and and that's okay. But then other people are like genuine, they lock in and you make a connection with, and Matt's one of those people who he engages with you in a very, 
matter of fact, genuine way where if you talk to him, he gives you his attention and vice versa. That's cool. And, and same with his wife, Bonnie, she's such a sweetheart, you know? Oh, they are married. I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, I, 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 maybe they're not. I don't Uh, know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But they're just super cool people. And so she called it out and I'm like, I know how strong this woman is. Yeah, she's strong. <laughs> super strong. Well, and super strong. Yeah. And so she called us out. And I'm like, well, like, I'm the only, like, I got to go. So I'm, it's like, I'm going to die a warrior's death or maybe I'll win, you know? And we held those out. So she got to hold five pounds and she could have still beat me with 10, probably. Yeah. She's so strong. Um, and we were almost five minutes really almost five minutes oh, it was crazy oh, so i'm i feel um that i went down in honor well for for yeah. reference anybody that decides to listen to this for reference go ahead and hold your hands out with no weight in them for as long as you can yeah 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 not that fun no. add 10 pounds in each hand that's that's a significant amount of weight held out straight arm yep Yep. It got gnarly. Um, so that was, that was the competition and that was, it was super fun. Um, that we did. Yeah. It was super fun. I don't know if I want to focus on it, but how, how was the, how was the two sex conversation received by those that transgender? Fine. Cause I mean, he's a male. He's transgender used to be female, but is male now. And so, everybody just treated him as a male you know what i mean so like so he compete as male or compete as female he competed as a male yeah that's cool yeah so i mean you know there was no issues around that but it's also just one of those things where you know i'm not super politically correct in that sense but like hey it's totally fine like if you are identifying as a man or identifying as a female, like, Hey, but we still have two. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it, man. That's, you know what I mean? Like you either are going to be male, you're going to be female. I mean, you know, this whole competition stuff, it gets gray. You know, you're talking, if you're talking about the Olympics and you're talking about this kind of stuff, like it's a super gray area and there's definitely not a conversation for today, but you know, for the purposes of what we were doing, it was totally fine. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, for me, um, my curiosity for you is maybe it's a it's a story to be told. What did you feel like was your biggest resistance, or maybe there's multiple experiences? So, like, what are the top two or three things where you're like, "Holy smokes!" didn't didn't see that coming, or blew through what used to be resistance for me? And what was your top two or three takeaways from? Like for you personally, and you don't have to share about like what you, what the exact thing that you worked through, but uh, maybe there's a story arc in there. Mm. Those are good questions. Um, the biggest resistance for me was, you know, being vulnerable in front of the entire group. Like when I make a connection with somebody, you know one or two people like I could have a conversation with them and I could be pretty vulnerable but like and I didn't 
necessarily do this, but I could feel the resistance around it. It was like going up and speaking the poem I wrote, you know, in front of the group or getting up and maybe even asking certain questions in front of the group. Like that's areas that I had a lot of resistance around. That's interesting because you and I have shared, um, and I won't say too much as yours began to tell, but um, you and I have similar experiences with school when we were younger. Right. So asking, it's something that I think it was you that actually started talking about. And I was like, oh boy, there's another connection to young Brian in school of like, I've got a question, but I don't want to ask it. And it's because I'm like, I don't want to be seen as stupid or someone, you know, what, you know, I don't want to be seen for my body or just another thing that people can make fun of me for. So yeah, man, um, standing up and asking questions can, it sounds superficial on the surface you're like oh this is anything but superficial this runs real deep but um, based on the conversation you and i have had i can see where that resistance might show up of like being in front of people a a large group Mm -hmm. uh, and specifically having to ask questions because we aren't always rewarded for asking for clarification or asking something out of curiosity Right. Mm-hmm. specifically when we're younger it's just kind of like just just listen you're like well I'm, I'm curious about something or i didn't understand it yeah oh that's interesting yep yep so that was you know something that i didn't i felt the resistance you know but i didn't like work through it sure. so i think that's going to be something that i'll feel into a little bit more next time but and then the other interesting part is like there's a lot of people there. And sometimes like I found myself like, you know, like when there's groups and everybody clicks up and stuff and, you know, there's this this group wasn't really very clicky. Like they were all very inclusive. And if you hadn't met somebody, a lot of times it was really easy to meet somebody and talk to them. But there was so much of that going on that I found myself at sometimes just like being by myself. And then I was like looking around, like, well, how come everybody else is talking to each other? Nobody's talking to me. And then I was like, well, it's because I'm being by myself and I'm not making an effort because I'm tired of saying, Hey, how are you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Patrick. what is your name? You know? And so it was really an interesting thing that I had just had this awareness around of wanting of the need the human need to want to be included in everything and to feel like you know you've made a bunch of friends and then the other side of it of like I just need some space like there's a lot going on I need a minute to myself yeah to be able to honoring that yeah you know and like truly honoring that being like you know what it's totally cool that I'm sitting by myself right now because I have a moment to collect my thoughts. So how did, how did that work? Did you just kind of go off to the side and like sit? Just like, I mean, like before some of the seminars and stuff like that, you know, like we'd be in whatever space and there'd be chairs and there'd be all sorts of different stuff. And, you know, people would be congregating and doing stuff. And I would just find one of the chairs that would be my seat for the thing. And I would just sit in it, you know, and sometimes I'd see somebody that I knew and I'd go sit next to him or I would, nobody was sitting down yet. And I just sat down and, you know, and, and it turned, as it turns out, like people that I had formed friendships with, you know, they came over and sat near me anyway. Cause 
you know, the same thing happens. Like you're looking, it's like you're looking for a place to sit in the lunch line or lunch fucking. Yeah. And you're like, well, where can I sit with my friends? Ah, you know, so like, bad. is there somebody that I know? <laughs> that's triggering for me, dude. You're, um, I was at a wedding recently and like majority of the people I knew, but you know, Morgan was not training. So I was there alone. Yeah. And like, I knew most people, but same thing where like you kind of you know you go scoot off to go to the bathroom you go scoot off to get a drink or same thing where you're just like i need to pull back for like two minutes i just need to stand here but then also i go and stand there and i'm like man you probably look so stupid standing here by yourself you got nobody to talk to you don't have any friends and yeah. i'm like what the hell is that man like, yeah part of it is also like i'm like man it's probably pretty creepy if you're just the guy sitting there like looking at people dancing but i'm like I- I don't know dancing the form of entertainment. I'm just enjoying them expressing their joy. And also while on the inside, I'm like, you fucking idiot. You suck. Nobody likes you. You're here alone. (laughs) Like, you know, like what is this like multiple voices happening right now? And how do I detach from them right now? Right. Like, Oh, you guys just go have your conversation and I'm just going to watch that one in my head. Uh, But man, that's what that just brought up for me. I'm like, yeah, dude, I totally resonate with that where you just kind of like look around and you're like, Oh shit, I'm alone. I probably look goofy or people are like, what's with the weird guy standing alone or, and you're like, this is just conversation in your head. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, I thought I made, I thought those people over there, like I thought that we were friends. Like I thought we made friends. So they don't want to talk to me anymore. It, it has nothing to do with that. There's <laughs> nothing to do with that. Like, could I have just walked up to any, to that group and just been like, yo, and with the been a part of the conversation, of course, you know, but like when you, but then when you give it too much time, it gets weird and you're like, I'm not going over there anymore. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second. But the reality is, is like you needed space to yourself and that is totally okay. And you're the only one who's looking at it as weird. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's, that's kind of what I took away of like realizing, you know, realizing that I do need to have five minutes, 10 minutes on my own in this type of environment to really, you know, show up the way I want to and like protect my energy, essentially protect my energy. Uh, That's powerful, man. Yeah, that one I thought was interesting too. Yeah, that's something that uh, I'm glad I'm glad you shared that because that's something I'll be aware of uh, for myself in the future. Just kind of like when you go stand on your own, man. Like you think you yeah. you look like the pylon just sticking out, and you're like, and I'm- people aren't looking at you like you're stupid because in reality, what I think is, you know, people are looking at you in respect because you're stoic. You know, you're out there, you know, you're enjoying your time and you are unapologetic about that. Meanwhile, other people who would probably like to be doing what you're doing are having meaningless conversations with people so that they can feel included. Yeah. And they're not even present. They're laughing, but they don't know why they're laughing. Yeah. They're, you know thinking, I mean? about, they're thinking about you over there standing alone yeah. and laughing at the conversation that they're physically there for, but they're not at all there for. They're not there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's like, do you want to be a part of a conversation, not be present because you didn't give yourself five minutes? 
Interesting. Yeah, dude. Damn, like, I like that. Yeah. Be present and protect your energy. Yeah. How do you yeah. feel like this has all shown up in your life since you've come back? Or do you feel like it's shown up in your life? My life's been a mess since I've come back. So, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting, dude. There's this word integration that gets tossed around a lot. You know, integration. How are you integrating? How's integration going? And a friend of mine um, who she is an absolutely beautiful soul. She sent me a message and was like, hey, how's integration going? And I was like, honestly, I feel like I'm doing a pretty awful fucking job of integrating anything. I feel like I I have done no integration. I've been in a hotel room. I've watched TV and been on my phone more than I have. And I feel like my brain is mush. Yeah, distracting and all. Just You know? And it's like, why am I doing that? And then it's like, but how do you really integrate? Like, I don't even know. Like, somebody just say, this is how you integrate. Do you journal? You know? But I have. So, like, I've journaled. I journaled during the event. I journaled on the plane. I've come back to my journal, you know? And my integration, what I found is I'm numbing because the experience I had was so like, it was profound and it was enlightening. I mean, I can't even get into it on this podcast because essentially like I was able to have an outer body experience that's really hard to put into words, yeah. but it shifted me. It, it, it definitely shifted me, but I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know why I do know why, but I mean, it's, that's like the cycle. Right. And so I'm trying to wrap my head around the experiences I had and then integrate them, but figure out an integration practice. So a friend of mine, we just had a FaceTime call because we both shared this experience together. And, you know, she's telling me, you know, what she's doing and this and that. And it's just like, you know what? I think my integration of anchoring this in is through meditation. And she helped me understand that meditation is too, can be too masculine. And for me, I need to blend the feminine and masculine energies together during a meditation. And what that means is not being rigid in the sense of a specific meditation. It can be flowy. It can be anything. The masculine comes in to do, to set the time aside to do, but then allow the feminine, allow your intuition. And that was a block for me because it's like, oh, well, I'll get on my insight timer and oh, let me just try to find the right, like we're trying to find the right meditation. So like trying to fucking find something on Netflix to watch. Maybe this one, maybe this one, maybe this one, maybe this one. And you're like, what the hell? You're picking the wrong one. And it's not even the point, you know, go sit under a tree and 
do some box breathing for five minutes. Literally just sit there. <laughs> that's it. Go be alone. That's it. And so that's part of like my realization that, you know, I enjoy doing that anyway. And I've done that for a long time without knowing that that's what I'm doing. But now I can actually take an intention into it. Yeah. I mean, you sharing this experience is kind of shining light on a lot of actions as like masculine would go do right. Like even this morning I was doing some breath work and the action of doing it, but you talking about scrolling through like on certain apps or, you know, picking a breath work, you know, like, right. I'm trying to pick a breath work to what I feel right now. And you're like, yeah, but just cause you feel this way, doesn't mean that this breath work is the quote unquote right thing. Just move the energy, just yeah. move the energy and let it be the right thing for you in terms of it'll give you whatever it needs to give you. But I, I get kind of crippled in that like masculine do and having to be right almost of like, I got to do this thing specifically instead of just going like, just sit down, press one of these buttons or don't and start breathing. Yeah. Let it take your mind, your body, wherever it needs to go. Just follow it and see where you end up. Because eventually, worst case, worst case scenario, if you come out of that experience and you go, yeah, that wasn't it. I'd like to go do something different. And you go do something different. There's mm-hmm. no, it's not wasted, right? But you're, you are shining a light on, maybe it's a masculine side of things where it's like, not only do I have to do meditation and I got to do breath work, I've got to do the right ones. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. You just, if you're going to do it, just sit down and do it, whatever it has to be. Yeah. There you go. You're breathing. Look at that. That was the whole point. Breathe. Okay. Here we are. Yeah, exactly. And if you commit, you're like, I'm doing it every day for two weeks or something, but you have a day or two that you just aren't feeling it. You have to like, and it's hard, but you have to be able to just give yourself the grace. It's okay. Because the beautiful thing is time is not linear. And so if we look at time under that construct, then you missing a day of meditation means absolutely nothing. All it means is you get to choose to do your meditation tomorrow and you lost no, you time was not like this time is yesterday, today. It it makes no difference. It matters not. Matters not, but feel into it. You know, if you're, feel you know if you're if you wake up in that masculine side and you're like i'm doing it go do it if you wake up and you're like i gotta do something else you know like this isn't for me today follow that too yeah it's very intuitive um i i'm guilty of forcing and quote i'm quoting it forcing breath work and meditation and also on the other side feeling guilt for not doing or not doing enough Mm-hmm. Um, and I've started trying, you know, as you say, integrate, integrate my intuition. And by that, I mean, like acknowledge my intuition a little more going like, all right, there's parts of, there's a lot of things in life that sometimes you don't feel like doing that. You kind of just got to do, you got a dog, you got to take the dog out. You just have yeah. to take the dog. out. No one feels like taking them out in the middle of winter and snowing like, no, but you've got to take the dog out. Yeah. The other side is like, I don't feel like doing breath work. Doesn't mean that. 
I can't go for a walk and have a similar meditative experience. Or like you said, I don't have to sit on a cushion here. I can go sit out underneath the tree in front of my house and just listen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it feels different, but at the same time, it all is accomplishing the same thing. You're just being, you're literally just being. And like the whole point of whole point of like meditate, well, whole point to me, one of the many points in meditation or something like becoming working into a meditative state is about just listening, just watching. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do it through your breath. Other times you do it through just closing your eyes and visualizing. Other times you go listen to the birds and the wind and the leaves. Sometimes you just literally sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like thinking, think. That's interesting, man. You, you, that's, uh, you said a couple of things that have really <sighs> exposed some things for me right now. That's cool. Man, it sounds like a freaking awesome experience. It really is. Um, you know, I'm going to continue forward. Unfortunately, I know I won't be able to go to the Sedona Summit. Um, it's Where was this summit at? This was uh, in Texas, actually. That's right. In Austin. Um at uh, his family's ranch, which was freaking dope. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Texas. Yeah. Good old Texas. <laughs> so yeah, man. I mean, it's in Q uh, was, he, he gave a poetry reading there and walked us through, you know, our own poetry, which was powerful. Um, Charles Eisenstein gave a speech and sat saying uh, Drew McManus gave a private concert awesome yeah it was fucking amazing it was incredible really cool he seems like a sweet dude too he's a cool dude he's a very cool dude we didn't he didn't hang out too much he didn't have a lot of time to hang out but we got a little bit of time to connect and you know so he was super cool that's awesome man powerful experience huh yeah yeah very powerful and a lot of other people you know, I got a chance to talk with a lot of people and I made, I made some really great connections with people and that felt amazing. Um, and everybody had different experiences, but some people had really profound experiences. It was almost like um, I had a moment where it felt like I was in like, uh, like Xavier's school for X-Men. Really? Where like, there's powerful people that like work with energy and have abilities that um, even psychic abilities and, and um, a couple people are able to help bring that out in a few of them. And to hear about their experience was pretty incredible of being able to hold energy being able to see energy in your system through your chakras and where you're holding it. There are some amazing, it's, mm, I'm going to be careful how I say this because I'm going to protect her too, but Morgan is um, fairly gifted with that stuff. Um, And I'm always, she always will tell me, she's like, you have it in you too. (laughs) You just don't let go enough. Like you're not able, you're not able to yet. Shouldn't say it that way. You're not able yet to um, release the logic of everything. Like last night, we were we were sitting there, and my my sister had actually posted something on Instagram. And my sister or Morgan like texted me, was like, 
do you notice the orb in your picture? And I thought it was just like, you know, on Instagram, you can like scratch something like you're going to write with like a pen type thing. I was like, oh, it looks like more of like just a dot that she forgot to erase. And I was like, that's why I didn't point it out. I just thought it was that. Morgan's like, no, it's an orb. There's an energy there. I'm like, well, damn, that's, but I always say, I'm like, do energy work on me. Like, let's meditate. When her and I meditate together, my meditative experience is totally different. I can Mm -hmm. literally feel like this. I can feel cold and hot differently. I feel my body differently. It's, it's so wild. And I, I know that it's not me doing it. I'm experiencing it, but I know that like, this is her power just starting to like, I'm just kind of like the bystander that's like experiencing the smell of someone else's cooking, you know, but she always says, no, you, you have it in you. Everybody does. If they're willing to allow. You wouldn't be able to feel it if it wasn't for you and it wasn't in you. So I'm, I'm learning how intuitive I, I, I am. I'm learning to trust it. Um, that's a fascinating world to me that I am. I'll say it this way. Obviously my actions might speak differently, but really interested in just, I love the science side of things, but man, one foot on the ground and the other foot jumping into the outer space. I'm in, let's do it. Like I'm, I'm curious about it. It's, you I just can't approach that. it. You can't approach it logically. Yeah, that's that's my biggest issue of I I think is that I want to know why, how, you know, where, like all these things, right? The logical uh, masculine brain wants to take over, and you're like, dude, you you gotta just release. You just you don't have to have an explanation for everything. Sometimes it just is. That's correct. It just is, and you are. It's huge. There's yeah. There's very wonderful and magic world out there that we have the inability to see but we get glimpses of it like when you're meditating with with morgan you get a glimpse of it yeah get that feeling of the unconditional love that just like makes your whole body warm that's where it is Mm. and that's the world that we don't get to see all the time we don't get to see it because we're not tuned for it. It's a frequency yeah. of a world that we can't see. Some people can. We get to see it sometimes, but we literally, our eyes cannot pick up on that frequency, but we can train ourselves and we can get to a, a better state. But have you ever done experienced plant medicine? Um, no. And that's actually something that comes up a lot at, at these events too, because and people aren't doing medicine at all there. Um, I mean, maybe some people are, but it's basically discussed to not have any psychedelic experiences during the event. Um, but people do stay afterwards because there are, um, there are plant medicine facilitators, uh, and you can have experiences with ayahuasca or wachuma um i mean you could have experiences with anything you want ketamine Um, it's something that i was feeling the call to previously but not like an intense like got to do it soon but after 
my experience at the summit, uh, I 100% am ready for a plant medicine journey. And, uh, you know, having mushrooms, I'll be eating mushrooms and doing my own medicine. Um, But then I'm going to be looking for a place to go have ayahuasca, but also uh, I'm going to be doing it all, dude. I want it all. Peyote, Wachuma, ketamine, ayahuasca. I've microdosed with mushrooms a little bit. I've never, other than marijuana, I've never done anything psychedelic, right? I mean, I've, I've, my backstory of, of, playing around some pills and stuff like that like in a way it's it's psychedelic because it's sometimes you get to a certain level you're not here but it's not the experience obviously that we're referring to um but i i've only ever microdosed and i I recently started microdosing uh mushrooms a couple times a week on and off just kind of exploring it i'd done it a couple years ago and I, I loved the way I felt. I loved the way my mind went. And it's not like, it's not altering in, in the ex, your, your 3D experience. It's literally just this different connection and, and clarity in your mind and focus, you know, all these things. Um, but the one, one morning I did it and I did a meditation. I, I take, my, take it with a little bit of niacin. And I did some breath work. I did, actually, that day I did a like Wim Hof, right? So I was like, just like, ah, I haven't done Wim Hof for a minute. Let's go into this thing. And it was probably the most intense experience I've had in that breathing pattern. Mm. And from a body standpoint, obviously with niacin, I got so cold, but it felt like my skin was either, I was just like bleeding out. Like it was just like, you know, water, like dripping down your arms. But I went through these like cold and hot flashes that were total body experiences. And it was, it was awesome, man. It was, it was like tingling all over the body. I'm like, man, I'm, I am in my body here. This is great. And so I came out of that, you know, I visualization, all these things. And I came out of it. And as soon as I opened my eyes, I recognized that it was my grandpa's birthday. Mm. Something I had known was coming up, but I, you know, I woke up that morning. I didn't, it didn't, I was like, Oh, my grandpa's birthday. He's, he's passed away. And, but even 104 and I've always had this um, growing connection with him that I've not always recognized. Mm. And, you know, when he died, it was, it was hard, but I'm recognizing, you know, getting older, I'm like, holy smokes, man. Like I've had experiences with him in my, in the room and, um, I've been led to him. You know, I, I believe he's protected me type thing. And, uh, I opened my eyes and I just audibly went and thank you, Papa. Mm. And it was boom tear. Like, dude, I couldn't stop crying. I was, and I started like going, what is this connection? You know, logical brain was trying to go like, what is this fucking like this this connection with him? What am I supposed to learn from it? What am I supposed to glean from it? And I, you know, I messaged my coach and and it's, you know, plant medicine is something that I've been thinking about for a few years. Never, obviously, other than microdose, never really got into it, but it was it's been coming more intense. The the drive, the want, the will to want to do it has become more intense. And after that, I was like, man, I, I, I feel like I absolutely have to just to see what comes up and comes through. Um, you know, Morgan always talks about, she's like, you know, maybe that'd be something that would expose you to getting more in tune with the psychic abilities, right? Like the, because you'll see this different way of, of the, you'll see the world differently. Um, and so there's a lot of curiosity in it for me. And I, I feel similar to you of like, um, 
I don't feel like I've ever been more ready and, and not from like a, Oh, what's it all about? Like, no, I'm, I want the experience. I want to just see what is put in front of me and um, whatever it is I'm, I'm ready to experience and handle and, and sift through and, and, and be told or shown, you know, whatever however that works. But um, yeah, and yeah, man, there's a big drive to it right now. That's how you that's know you're really questions. I think that's how you know you're in the right place mentally and spiritually to accept whatever the medicine gives you because yeah. you have to surrender to whatever the medicine gives you. It's not going to give you, it'll give you what you want, but maybe not. It might just give you what you need and you might not even know why, you know, I've heard a lot of different experiences with it. And, but the biggest thing is, is just, you have to be, a warrior going in there knowing that whatever comes up you're ready to face good or bad and that you're going to surrender to the medicine and allow it to show you and respect it Mm. you know and with your grandfather there's nothing i don't think there's anything to learn there besides knowing that your grandfather is there for you yeah he's your guide he's one of your spirit guides Mm. and he's there to help guide you and show you and be there for you so that you know that you aren't alone you're not alone and you're never alone because he's there he doesn't just show up because you took mushrooms that's not how it works the only reason that psilocybin or plant medicines they unlock what we can't see that's always in front of us it doesn't bring anything new yeah it just allows you to see what you can't normally see, but it's always there. I love that. And that's where we wrap it up. Yeah, buddy. Well, dude, I appreciate you sharing your experience, man. Um, there's a lot there. I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure that you are feeling it, and uh, I'll just offer have some grace yourself integration doesn't happen that quickly it doesn't have to happen that quickly yeah i appreciate that i appreciate we, we talk about when movement the body it, it'll self-organize just give it the chance to organize and it will it's tools for life right so man yeah you got me thinking today. this is awesome so, um, yeah it's good um it's really good so thanks for allowing me the time to kind of deload some of that stuff that was really good conversation and i've been looking forward to uh, hearing about it so um but yeah man we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here if anybody's got questions right to the path <laughs> but yeah dude uh, another another solid conversation i'm grateful for your time and your, your friendship and you sharing your experiences and wisdom likewise brother all right my man well uh, we will talk when we talk <laughs>